0: Today's going to be a little different, a little less of maybe a a typical preaching message and more of a call, a call to respond to a word that God's put on my heart. So uh, in in light of that, I have a little meme here to show you in terms of prophecy, okay? Here we go. So this is a church sign that we saw on the internet. It says this, the class on prophecy has been canceled due to unforeseen circumstances. (laughs) Yes. Well walking with God can be humbling right <laughs> you know sometimes God makes it very clear for you he shouts and you're like yeah this is this is what God's saying this is how I need to respond other times it's a whisper you're you're you think God is leading you. You're not quite sure what to say, other, uh, how to respond. Other times, it's, it's a little more of a journey of faith, and we're figuring it out as we go, but there are always things that take us by surprise, and oh, that's that's life. But I want to tell you something. Today, we're going to be speaking on this idea of rain. Maybe you've had unforeseen rain, or you have some memories in your life surrounding surrounding rain. A few weeks ago, I took my kids on their very first camping trip. We slept in tents, and you know, cooked breakfast over an open fire. It was the whole nine yards, and I was so glad it wasn't raining, right? I brought two tents. The first one I set up, I hadn't used it in about eight years, and the pole snapped immediately, you know. The other one was, th- thankfully, it was ready to go, although there was a big hole in the bottom of it, so I don't know how that happened. So I was really glad it wasn't raining, so we were able to have a comfortable camping trip. I remember my first time camping, it actually did rain. Uh, I was probably in second or third grade with my dad, and there was kind of a a group of, uh, of of dads that were camping and the kids were camping kind of across a valley on the other side and so I don't really know how we didn't get the tent memo to the right tent store to buy the perfect tent but the other kids seemed to have these high-tech backca- backpacking tents, really what a second- or third-grader needs, right? And so they opened it up, and somehow there was even one that the, the poles were already installed, and it just kind of, you know, unfolded before them like origami. And I had the old um, Arkansas uh, green canvas pup tent, right, with the two poles were hammering them in the ground. The line, you know, it makes a little triangle. You can picture it. It's kind of one man, not even room for your backpack. Really, in there, and so that was my tent for the night. And I was awoken uh, a couple hours into my sleep by a flood of biblical proportions. Right, it was raining cats and dogs and hamsters, and uh, we were we were just you know uh, didn't know what to do. And there was water in the tent, so I spent the rest of the night in the car. Well, I can tell you, since then I've conquered my fear of camping in the rain. I've done it many times. Uh, What a testimony! But Uh, there's also just wonderful times uh, of rain I can think of in my life, where rain was just a a symbol of blessing or something that was enjoyable. And maybe you can think about some rain in your life as well. But today I want to tell you, I can smell the rain. There's something about the rain of God's presence that God is wanting to bring into our lives. Let's start with a story of, of something that God was speaking to me. It's always a good idea at the beginning of each year to set aside time to really seek God and ask God's will for that season of your life. Of course, we always have the Bible. It's never changing, right? And, you know, you could just read a proverb a day and stay out of a lot of trouble. That would be a great idea. And God reveals his will to us through the scriptures. But as we grow in our faith, there's different seasons that God invites us into And he'll speak to us about those different seasons. And so it's important to, you know, set aside time at the beginning of different seasons and really seek the Lord. So I was doing that in in January at a a friend's property and going on a walk. And um, this verse is what came to mind for me. Isaiah 45, verse 8. You heavens above, rain down my righteousness. Let the clouds shower it down. Let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. Let righteousness flourish with it. I, the Lord, have created it. You can just leave that up for a minute. What a fascinating thought. You know, heaven opening up and God raining down his righteousness. And one of the great things about having more time set aside to pray is when you feel like God is revealing something to you, you can really study it interpret it, and respond to it. So I was able to do that that day. Sometimes we just write down things in a note on our phone or in a notebook and kind of forget about them. But I was able to really kind of journey through this scripture and just went on a walk, just praying different aspects of the scripture. And, you know, this, this phrase was really sticking out to me that day, let salvation spring up from the ground. And I was even reminded of an old song we used to sing about that and was just thinking about salvation springing up from the ground. And as I was thinking about that, you know, I had some business to do with God. You know, I thought, you know what, God, I've really not been diligent in telling people about you. You know, I've invited people to church. I've, I've offered to pray for people, you know, out in the world and, you know, sports teams or different things. But I really have not, have really not, you know, honed in on someone in quite some time and really explained the good news of the message of Jesus, right? Like the wages of sin is death, Right. Like, we, all, we don't deserve God's blessing or love, and so we have to turn to him. And then the free gift of God is, uh, you know, salvation, righteousness of the Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 6.23 or John 3.16, you know, these fundamental things about turning to God, accepting salvation, repenting from our sin, and trusting in Jesus for our eternal salvation. And I thought, you know, God, I, I really need to do some business with you on that. And so I was really just praying that. Lord, let salvation spring up from the ground in my life. Lord, give me the opportunity to tell some people about you, because I was even thinking through my day, and I was like, "How would I do that in a in a more intentional way?" And then all of a sudden, at the end of my walk, I see this worker on this um, on this you know property that I'm on, and I walk up to him. Incidentally, he's from Oaxaca, Mexico, and so we start talking. And he says, well, what are you doing out here? And I said, well, I'm praying for salvation to spring up from the ground. You know, we start talking about salvation. We start talking about Jesus. And he's never heard the message of the gospel. And, you know, something is going on in his life. He's just kind of hanging out in his car, staring off into the sunset. Obviously kind of a pensive moment. And he gives his life to the Lord right there. It's amazing. And, you know, I love what Pastor Nikki Gumbel says. Uh, He says, coincidences happen. But when I pray, they happen a lot more. Right? So, there's a divine coincidence there, and God answered that prayer immediately. And then, you know, a few weeks later, I'm, I'm, I'm headed to a meeting at Robert's house, and I was having car trouble, so I had to take an Uber. And as I'm in the Uber, my Uber driver gets lost. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in an Uber where the guy gets lost. It is kind of freaky. You're like, where are we going right now? And so, we're in this car, and I'm kind of steering him through the hills of La Mesa, trying to figure it out. And then I realized I have this thought. I wonder if God is letting this happen to show me that this driver is lost. <laughs> and I thought, okay, so I'll try it out. So I start telling him about my life, start telling about Jesus. And, I mean, he's never heard the message of Jesus, right? He's never heard that Jesus died on the cross for his sins, that you can trust in Jesus for your salvation. I explained to him the gospel. He responds. He gives his heart to the Lord. It's an amazing moment. He's talking about his kids, how they're going to be changed. We're talking about it. I look, we're on Spring Street in La Mesa, Another coincidence, right? Another sign another sign from God. And so, man, I'm just thinking of something about God's rain pouring out and salvation springing up from the ground. And then um, as 2019 progresses, I'm meditating on this word from God, and I start to notice something in the news. You're probably aware that for the last seven or eight years, California has been in a very severe drought. And droughts are not good for our state. They're not good for the economy right, a lot of our economy has to do with agriculture. There's a lot of political fighting about water when there's drought, it's not good for, for that either. You know, there can be fires that can damage people's homes. It's a really severe situation when a drought goes on that long. Well, in the, in the middle of the year, something starts happening, and I'm, I'm really not a meteorologi- meteorological expert. I don't even know how to say the word, so obviously I'm not an expert. However, I have studied this a little bit, and so what, what no- I noticed in the news was there's something called an atmospheric river, that came through the state. And when that happened, there was an unexpected movement of rain. And so now this is what news outlets are saying about California. Here's a, here's a quote from the LA Times. California is drought-free for the first time in nearly a decade. And so interesting, you know, it's such a great blessing for us. And, you know, you could look at USA Today or Wall Street Journal. They're all saying that. And, um, yeah, I just thought that was a fascinating note that God is opening up the heavens, and raining down. I can smell the rain. You know, there's so many ways God can speak to us. And if you're curious about this journey of what would it look like to hear from God, I'd encourage you last summer, I did a series called Can You Hear Me Now? That was all about hearing God and the ins and outs of that. But fundamentally, there's a great scripture, John 8:47. He who belongs to God hears what God says. God loves to speak to us because he loves us. And he cares more about us Hearing him, sometimes we're even willing to listen, right? He so wants relationship with us. He's wanting us to hear his voice. Of course, things that come into our life that we believe are God should be tested. We should be tested by the Bible, the wise counsel, common sense. That's a really important part of the journey. So, as I'm journeying in the Bible, it's mentioned in the Old Testament alone over a hundred times. And rain in the Bible is a very important symbol for the nearness and manifest presence of God. Rain represents the nearness and manifest presence of God. Here's what's so interesting. As the Bible progresses, we see an unfolding of God's plan to redeem humanity. And just as the message of grace and the message of the gospel unfolds through the Bible, we see a parallel of this idea of rain and the symbol of rain in the life of the believer and the person that follows God. So we start at the beginning. In Eden, Genesis chapter 2 is the first mention of rain in the Bible. What's Eden? Eden was paradise on earth. It was the place that God created for Adam and Eve to live in perfect communion with him. There was no sin, and God and Adam and Eve had perfect communion together. And so what it says in Genesis chapter 2 is there was no rain. The Lord had not yet caused it to rain on the earth. Eden was actually watered through a series of rivers that all had symbolic names. And it's it's amazing to think of a river as a constant communion, a constant flow of the presence of God. And that is what Adam and Eve enjoyed before sin entered the world. Of course, that perfect communion with God was broken because of sin, and then sin entered the world. And so what happens then? Well, the way that man and God relate starts to change we start to see the revelation in the Bible of God's righteousness and God's holiness and man's unrighteousness and man's wickedness and that God and man cannot coexist without repentance because of the righteousness of God. And so what we start to see is rain, the presence of God is used as a symbol for God's judgment on sin. We first see it in the life of Noah. Might be familiar with Noah. They made a movie about him, right? Haven't seen it, <laughs> but um, you know it's about a great flood, right? That that comes into the earth, Genesis chapter ten, where God where God cleanses the earth and he he judges sin in the earth. In the Exodus story, where the people of Israel are under oppression from the Egyptians, right? Pharaoh is oppressing them. God sends Moses to them and he says, you know, let my people go, and Pharaoh is resistant, so God begins to send judgment as rain on Egypt, you know, it rained hail at one point, um, it, it, it raised fire, you know, from heaven, at another point it rains frogs, so there's all this judgment, okay, Lord, please spare us from the rain of frogs, okay, I'm glad we don't live in that age anymore, and um, so there's a judgment on sin that comes, so after... Israel is released from Egypt, they enter the wilderness. They wander around the wilderness, and God starts to speak to them. And he starts to prepare them for something great. He starts to prepare them from the promised land. And as they're preparing for the promised land, there's a transition that he's wanting them to make. He's wanting to say, hey, while you're camping in the wilderness, rain, not that much of a blessing, right? Very disruptive. However, when you enter into the promised land, you're going to be a landowner. And for a landowner... Rain is a blessing, right? I was out of town for a few days last week, and I noticed my plants could have used some rain. (laughs) Anybody else been there, right? My little sprinkling timer was broken, and I needed some rain to help some plants. So what we see is in Leviticus 26, the first positive mention of rain in this way. I will send you rain in its season. This is a promise concerning the promised land. And the ground will yield its crops, and the trees their. So God's starting to say, you're going to enter into this great land, and my presence is going to fall on you like rain. And that rain is going to bring great blessing into your life. And that blessing is going to come as you obey me. And so that's the, the journey that God has Israel on, teaching them how to respond to him. And so we begin to see the wonderful symbol of rain unfold and all the different blessings that come through the rain of God's presence. I think there's a little list here, uh, teaching, holiness, inheritance, provision, favor, righteousness, purpose. There's even more, if you wanted to do a study on it, of all the different ways that rain is described as the blessing of God in their lives. And as they journey into the promised land, of course, they want to obey God, I think, fundamentally, but because of brokenness, because of sin, that was part of the revelation of the Old Testament, right? Is that we could never measure up to God's standard, right? Right? Our own worship, our own self-righteousness, our own management of our own dysfunction could never transform our hearts and make us holy like God. And so God's preparing the story for Jesus. And Jesus has only one thing to say about rain, but it's a really interesting verse. Matthew chapter 5 says this, He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the the unrighteous. Through Jesus, we start to see rain as a symbol of God's grace. Rain is a symbol of God's grace. It comes on deserving people and undeserving people because nobody deserves it anyway, right? The righteous and the unrighteous reign as God's grace. And so this is a great moment for me to pause this more prophetic message and just get really practical for for some of us here and say this. God loves you. He accepts you just the way you are. He wants a relationship with you. He is drawing you to himself. And whether you feel righteous and like strong in yourself and that you don't need God, or you feel unrighteous and very broken and like you don't deserve a relationship with God, if you will make a decision to follow Jesus Christ and repent of your sin and open your heart to Jesus, he will transform your life. God's reign will fall on your life like grace. That's the gospel message. And then wonderfully, we we see a little sneak peek in the Bible of heaven at the very end of the Bible, and there's a rainbow. And somehow somehow there's a little precipitation there because you can see the rainbow, right, around, around God's throne. What a mystery. I love this idea of rain, the nearness, the manifest presence of God coming into our life. You might not know this. I certainly didn't until I really started studying it. There are different kinds of rain. In the Bible. Different kinds of rain in, in the world, right? There's different kinds of rain. And, and uh, just one verse from the book of Job comes to mind, uh, describing the natural realm. Job 37, for he says to the snow, fall on the earth, likewise to the gentle rain, to the heavy rain of his strength. He says to the snow, fall on the earth. I, I heard, I, I think this number is right. There are 216 inches of snow in the Tahoe Mountains, the Sierra Nevadas this year. And you know what's funny is actually ski season just closed last Wednesday. You, you could have skied at, at, up in Mammoth until last Wednesday. So I know where some of y'all were last week, and that's okay. It's all right. You know, you're back at church now, so thanks for being here. I'm just messing with you, obviously. But, um, you know, th- there's just snow and then there's a light rain. We're going to call that a slow rain today. We're going to get to that after the snow. And then there is a heavy rain of his strength. This is the rain that probably we think about the most when we think about rain. We think of me in my little pup tent, overwhelmed by the rain, having to go sleep in my dad's suburban, right? That, is, that was a heavy rain, let me assure you. At least I thought it was. So um, after a season of drought, there can often be a heavy rain. Heavy rains are initially encouraging. You're like, hey, it's raining. But if you're not prepared for a heavy rain, it can oftentimes have bad consequences. You know, just thinking as a landowner, every year somehow there's some heavy rain, And that morning, I had the thought, man, I should really install my rain barrels and get a gutter guide to my house. And of course, I've missed the opportunity again, you know, another year, maybe I'll get the the water barrel set up next to my gutter, right? So, but heavy rains, they come and we have to be prepared. Um, What landowners find is that a heavy rain kind of moves around and sometimes can even damage the soil. The dry drought laden soil is not prepared to handle the influx of water intense downpours of water, burden growing plants, farms, and can even ruin crops. Landslides can create other problems. Heavy rain can be fun to watch, but can damage a region if landowners are not prepared. Interesting to think about heavy rain. In the Bible, there's a great moment in the prophet Elijah's life where he confronts Ahab and Jezebel, and he says, there's the sound of a coming rain, a heavy rain. And um, I like to think about that moment. It's such a classic confrontation in the Bible, such a dramatic moment. But that word, heavy rain, that Elijah uses is a Hebrew word. It's the Hebrew word, Geshem. And I'm sure Robert and Steph are going to correct my Hebrew since they just got from Israel. Geshem. There we go. All right, Geshem. That is the heavy rain in the Bible. Literally, that word means roar, a roar of a rain. Now, probably here in San Diego, we don't have that too often. Maybe you've traveled or um, you've been in another country, another state, and you've felt the roar of a rain before. Uh, Ezra chapter 10 says this type of rain can be distressing. It's an intense black sky, heavy rain. So let me take this symbolically now. A heavy rain symbolizes a major outpouring of the Holy Spirit that alters world history. Right? And we've, we've seen this happen in world history several times, even in the last 100 years. In 1906, you know, there's an outpouring of the Spirit at Azusa Street in Los Angeles. And it really changed the face of Christianity for a whole generation. Absolutely transformative move of God. Some people here might be familiar with the Jesus People Movement right? that swept through California in the 1970s. It was a heavy rain. It was a time of intense revival, of God changing people's lives. Some people that were ready were able to build ministries and grow during that time, but a lot of things weren't ready, and it was just a heavy rain that swept through because it was a sovereign move of God. Today on the earth, we have a heavy rain revival going on in the Middle East. Um, About 2011 started the Arab Spring. And uh, people just do the refugee situation started moving around and God has used this movement of people to bring a heavy rain revival. where well, now thousands of Muslims are coming to Jesus Christ, which is amazing to think about, right? Heavy rain revivals, man, we want them. We pray for them. The, these are the exciting moments. When we think about revival, it's a heavy rain revival, but they are also very disruptive. And so we, we want them in God's sovereign seasons, but we also need to be open to what God has for us in the everyday. And as a student of revival, this is what I've seen. Heavy rain revivals are exciting, but they oftentimes cannot produce long-term growth Growth if the leadership is not ready, right? And so we, we had this experience in our college ministry a few years ago. I'll, I'll say maybe it was one little cloud of a heavy rain revival. This is a little heavy rain revival, a mini revival, but one little cloud. But, God's presence showed up so strong. I was hours of students repenting on the microphone, 24-7 prayer. It was, it was like things you read about, absolutely uncanny. And not having been a student of these things, I thought, okay, well, here's what's going to happen. The ministry is going to double now. Then it's going to triple. Then it's going global, baby. You know, the, we're, we're here, you know. God, and, uh, and you know what was interesting? The ministry got cut in half. <laughs> And it was a heavy rain revival. It was a move of God. God was moving. But sometimes when God moves so strong, just like the top soil can get moved off the soil, it reveals issues in our hearts. It can reveal cracks in the foundation. It can reveal brokenness and weakness. And we got to respond to that. That's why just the main and plain Christian life is so important. Uh, Revival is so intoxicating. It's exciting. But also wake up and read your Bible and pay your taxes and love your spouse, and take care of your kids, and cook a healthy dinner, and go to the gym, and you know what I mean? Just like live your life, and seek God, and believe God for his seasons of sovereign outpouring, but heavy rain revivals, you know, sometimes they can be so just overwhelming that people can forget the daily walking with Jesus. Okay, and so, man, you know, we're so open to what God wants, but instability that heavy rain produces can weaken the soil. And if we're not prepared, it can weaken the church, actually. And so as as I know this, I'm kind of this, you know, trying to talk you through a paradigm here of understanding of the moves of God and revivals. But let me now introduce this other season of revival that we see in the Bible, other type of rain. Um, As I was looking at this Isaiah 45 word, you remember the scripture from the beginning of the message, heavens above, rain down, righteousness. I wondered, what kind of rain is that? You know, what kind of rain is in Isaiah 45? And I looked at that word, and it's a Hebrew word that I also can't pronounce, Ralph, you know, something like that. And um, very, uh, but it means a light, slow rain. And this is a rain that replenishes the water system over time. This is the rain that actually just swept through our state. For the most part, it's a light, consistent rain, a slow rain. It restores the moisture of the soil. God's grace that came this year and ended our drought was a rain like this. Um, It produced growth. Plants are able to shoot up from the ground. The wildlife population grows. Water sources are replenished. This is a good rain for agriculture, and it's a good land rain for landowners. Something interesting for us to think about as a church because we own land, right? So something there, some kind of a message from God for us. Here's what I believe what God is saying. We are to prepare. Hey, there's times of a heavy rain. But right now, in this season of our life, we're to prepare for a slow rain revival. So what's that look like? It looks like a culture a culture of grace where we can experience the grace of God on a regular basis, a culture of growth. I want to tell you something. I can smell the rain. Do you like the smell of rain? I do. Rain has a good smell. I think rain has such a good smell. Many people have tried to emulate the smell of rain, right? I'm sure there's some essential oils expert here that can replicate, you know, the the smell of rain for us with uh, a concoction of items, Um Uh, Mitsu found this for me at uh, Food for Less, actually Febreze. Uh, They've already figured it out. They know the smell of rain. And uh, Meadows and Rain right here. So you can buy the smell of rain. It's all bottled up for you right now at the supermarket. I sprayed this in an earlier sermon, and it was so uh, extensive and toxic, I'm not going to subject it to you now. So, however, I want you to know it eliminates tough, lingering odors. So if you need that, let me know. The smell of rain. Um, What is the smell of rain. Well, it's actually not the rain you're smelling. Uh, scientists have a word for the smell of rain, petrichor. And what that word means literally is blood from a rock. Blood from a rock. So let me tell you something prophetic about this, because I can think of a time where blood was spilled on a rock named Golgotha for the sins of all mankind. I can think of a time when blood came from a rock, the rock of Ages. For the healing of the nations. Somebody know what I'm talking about, right? There's something about the smell of rain that's prophetic. You know, Job, he writes about, at the smell of rain, a twig will sprout from a rock. Now, you see this rock? I don't see any twigs, right? That speaks of revival, something living, some coming out of something dead, right? The smell of rain. A slow rain revival is what we're believing. For I must confess, there's times in my life that I don't see the rain. I don't hear the rain. But I want to tell you right now, I can smell the rain. There's an atmosphere. There's something that God is inviting us into, a culture. He's inviting us to partner with him in building of the rain of revival. So the way that new growth happens in a little plant, plants don't hear, they don't, they don't, they don't see. Somehow, that petrichor, that smell of rain that's emitted from the rocks is a signal to a little plant that it's safe to sprout up and grow. So a heavy rain will destroy this topsoil, there'll be no growth. But a slow rain, it emits that smell, and then growth happens. Well, that speaks to our spiritual life, doesn't it? That speaks to growth in churches, doesn't it? That speaks to growth in different areas of our life. It's a process that God initiates through the smell, through a slow rain. So what if God is actually moving in your life more than you think right now, but you're missing it because you're looking for a heavy rain? I've probably done that before, just to be honest with you. I probably wanted the big moment, the big, you know, someone to call me out in a service and say, this is what God is, you know what I mean? Like the big drama, right? But what if you're actually in a slow rain revival right now that you can smell, you just can't quite see it because it's all around you? Like, what if, you know, heavy rain is so exciting. And however, I think there's a drawback to a major focus on revival, which is sometimes that can spin into events-based Christianity right? Where we're all like, okay, we're going to, if we just gather all of these ministries in unity, then revival will come. Well, it didn't come that year. So maybe if we do it in this place, it'll come there. Or maybe if we have this speaker, oh, you weren't there. Well, maybe you can see it on YouTube, but next year we have this worship leader, come. right? It's always the next thing. There's so much pressure and you're kind of like, oh man, I just want God to show up. And I think that's so genuine and real. And man, I lead events and I love events. They're so transformative. They speak identity into our church and identity into people, but events are not revival, right? Uh, events can increase our awareness from God and uh, of God and be major equipping moments and even have opportunities for transformation in our life. But a heavy rain revival, that's going to happen without any events. That's just like, God, you know, turn on the light and now there's a revival, right? And then, but a slow lane revival, a slow rain revival, that's a culture that is created over time. Like uh, events are so fun, but they're like Christmas morning, right? You know, you show up, you know, There's the absolute best brunch of the year. You know, you may have had Pop-Tarts 364 days, but Christmas morning, you're having something a little bit more, right? Everyone has a present. There's music. The atmosphere is just right. It's an awesome celebration, but that's not real life. And you can't build a family on one Christmas morning a year right? But you can build a family with a daily culture and a daily atmosphere. And a spiritual family is built, strengthened, encouraged, and grows because of an atmosphere of a slow rain revival. I can smell the rain. I can smell the rain. So as I've been praying about this word, this, this contrast, and even it's been a paradigm shift, I've had to go through in my own heart of, you know, I've kind of been looking for the heavy rain, but God say no, no, the slow rain, it's all around you. You know, just want to remind you, it's here. You can feel it. You can, you can smell it. I, I, God brought another scripture into my life. And, uh, you know, as I was praying for this next season of ministry, I was kind of on the rain thing. I thought, well, God will probably move me on. Maybe this year it will be all about falcons or I don't know, you know. Uh, just, God has his way of directing us and speaking. But this is the scripture that God brought up to me for the next season. Hosea chapter 10. Break up your unplowed ground for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. Break up your unplowed ground. I think that speaks about something about the soil of our souls, doesn't it? There's something in our hearts that God has been preparing for a reign of revival. There's something he's been wanting to get into and get at and loosen up and prepare for growth, prepare for a watering of refreshment and a renewal. You know, sometimes we just get a little hardened in life. And through repentance and coming to God, we need God to come break up the unfollowed ground in our hearts, right? It's good to be a drought-tolerant Christian, right? There's seasons in life that can be droughts. Like, you got to be tough. Like, there's people in here that are going through some big trials. But being drought-tolerant is a lot different than being drought-expectant. And it's not good to be a drought-expectant Christian, right? We are called to be people that are looking for the rain. It is time to seek the Lord until he comes, Man, that just speaks of an opportunity, a season in our lives of seeking the Lord. And I just want to invite you into that kind of season, maybe for the, the next weeks or months, however long God would have it. I believe we're moving into a season, a time of seeking the Lord in a more intentional way. I was really impacted. I came across this testimony of this uh, amazing leader in South Africa, Angus, Angus Buchan. And he is an amazing guy that is just a farmer. But God gave him a vision for rain coming to South Africa in the middle of a drought. And so he actually gathered a million people in prayer gatherings all over South Africa. You can see one of the pictures here. I mean, just look at that. So this, this is a crowd of people that have gathered not to hear a special speaker, right? Not to see the coolest light show or band, but they're there to pray for rain because they know that their country needs it. And he had two express uh, purposes of this gathering, two things that he said at the beginning of the gathering, this will happen. The first thing he said is, it will rain. We're praying for rain, and it will rain. And I think we have a picture here. There we go. So that one happened. <laughs> it started to rain as they gathered. And, uh, you know, you can Google this. It's all over the news. And, and then the next thing he said, as we do this gathering and as the rain comes... Gang leaders are going to start coming to Jesus. And we're going to make an opportunity for them to to come to the Lord. And so you can see the next picture here. This This is him right here in the plaid shirt. And he's just ministering to all these gang leaders that have come up. They've brought their guns. They've brought their weapons. They've laid them down at the altar. He's actually giving them his clothes and showing them that they are now new creations in Jesus Christ. Wow. Listen. I don't know whether a million people are going to gather it or not, but I think that's a call to us to pray for rain. Listen, our country's in a mess, right? We, we need people literally to come put put their guns down, you know? I mean, we need revival. And, and the way that that's going to transform generations, I believe in this season, is a slow rain revival a culture of God's presence that we become aware of and step into and seek out diligently so it increases to the point where transformation is possible for anyone and anything at any time, right? That is a slow rain revival. I believe that's what God's wanting to bring. But just a warning to you, you can miss the rain. You can miss the rain by staying inside, right? (laughs) Kind of obvious. A lot of people stay inside during the rain. They don't like to get wet. Well, let me tell you something. Don't stay alone in your house if you want to receive the reign of God. Of course, God will meet with you, and there's times to have your private time with the Lord, but this is a corporate thing that God is calling us into, right? You know, I'm the one that has a little spreadsheet in terms of who attended church, what week, how many people, how many seats we had. And, you know, I always note okay, well, it rained that week, so, you know, attendance was a little bit lower. Listen. You and I both know there's nothing to do in San Diego when it's raining. Let's get the church and, you know, figure out how to have another building around here, okay? All right, so let's let's seek the Lord, right, during this season. Okay, so that's one thing. Don't, don't stay inside because of fear or just, you know, self-protection, okay? Another way you can miss the rain is by keeping your poncho on, right? You hide yourself in your rain gear. And what's that speak of? That speaks of hiddenness. We don't want to be people that are hidden, Right? We don't we really have our hearts open to the Lord. Stephen, you can come on up. I know, I know I'm a little over time. And then finally, you can miss the rain with an umbrella. What's that speak of? Resisting God with our pride. We don't want to do that either. We just want the rain. Man, this is just a word I'd invite you to test, but if it's something that God's speaking to you and you want to have a season of rain in your life, would you just, just say amen? I receive this word. Amen. <laughs> Let's stand up together. Let's stand up together. Real quick, we're going to pray this prayer together. It's a prayer I've written out for our congregation to pray this week in anticipation of the reign of God. And we're going to pray it all in one voice to respond to this message. It's going to be on the slides, and it'll be sent out later. You can pray it with me. God, prepare my heart to receive your reign. Break up the hard places within me so your Holy Spirit can flow. I repent for what I've resisted or ignored your presence in the past. I pray that you would end every drought in my life. Today, I open my life to the slow and gentle rain of your presence. Just raise your hands with me. I'll say this, this is a season of rain. Let's say it again, this is a season of rain. This is a season of rain. Lord, we receive your rain. Lord, we ask for it in our life in every way that we need it, in every way we don't even know we need it. Lord, you know what we need. Let the slow rain revival of your presence begin in our hearts today. In Jesus' name. Stephen, just lead us in a quick chorus.